So today's message is a little different. It's from all over the place in the book of Proverbs, all right? So usually we like to have a text. We like to go to it. I usually tell you where to turn. We stand while we read the text. We're not going to do it that way today. I've got it for you on the screens. You can open your Bible, the book of Proverbs, if you want to check to make sure I haven't mistyped something. Uh, it'll be the ESV version that's up there on the screens. Uh, we're going to walk through, but today we're going to talk about a message that I have entitled, Listen Up. Listening is important. I'm a father of children. I know how important listening is, especially when it doesn't happen. You know how important listening is too, though, in your daily lives, sometimes for survival. Have you ever been walking with a group of students down the sidewalk on the campus of Cedarville University to hear a noise that sounds like this? I'm, I'm not sure you got that. You, let, let's listen to it one more time. To hear a noise that sounds like this. What do you do next? Run? Pray? Jump in the lake? Somebody raised their hand over there. <laughs> So what is that noise? Longboard. You're not even just calling it a skateboard. You're specifically calling it a longboard. You know the noise well. And let me just say to those on the bicycles and the longboards, how fast are you going anyway? I mean, it's like, do those things go 55 miles an hour or something? Slow it down a little bit. Hit the brakes. You scare me. And so... How many of you have been hit in the back with, uh, there's a couple of you, yeah, oh, we're not going to go there, all right. It's not safe to drive 55 on the sidewalks, so you listen. If you have the earbuds in and you're not listening and you don't hear, all of a sudden bad things can happen. So listening is important. But there's a much more important point today from the book of Proverbs, as we look through that book and look at the things it has to teach us about walking with the way of wisdom, it tells us to listen. It tells us to listen to counsel. It tells us to listen to advice. It tells us to listen to reproof. It tells us that we need to listen if we want to learn the way of wisdom. But more importantly than even listening to others is to listen up. And when I say listen up, I mean, capital U, capital P, exclamation point, probably should have put an arrow instead of an exclamation point to indicate the fact that the most important listening we can do in our lives is to listen to our heavenly father and what he says to us through his word. He has revealed himself to us. We don't have to sit in some fog and wonder, God, are you out there? God, do you exist? God, have you spoken? He has spoken. We have the record of his revelation. We have his revelation that he has given to us to reveal himself to us so that we know what he says. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about listening up. There are voices all around us. There are voices trying to tell us what to think, what to do, how to react. And we even pipe some of those voices into our head. We put earbuds or headphones into our ears so that we can hear certain voices, our favorite music. And we do that sometimes especially if you're an introvert, so you can keep other voices out, right? Like that person sitting next to you on the airplane. Not that I've ever done that more than once or twice per trip. <laughs> Just saying, yeah. 
Some of you might say, oh, well, I listen to the voice in my head. But how did that voice get in your head? Is that voice from the last Taylor Swift song you listened to? I'm not sure that that's God's definition of godly wisdom. Some might say, I listen to my heart. Really? But the Bible tells me that my heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? So what do we mean when we say we're listening to our heart? Some might say, oh, I just listen to my feelings. Well, don't ever go eat bad Mexican then because you're going to have some really bad decisions the next day, right? I mean, think about what we say and how we act, and let's make sure that we listen to voices that match up to God's word. So all counsel, all that we listen to, all that we hear in classes, in sermons, in church, on the radio, in music, everywhere else, how do we check it? We check it by God's sufficient, infallible, inerrant word. The only way to check it by God's word is to know God's word so that God's word serves as the filter by which you can repel bad voices and listen to and understand good voices. So the two points for this text, the two points as we walk through these verses that I have for you today, the outline is simple. Number one, you must listen to become wise. And number two, you must listen to the right sources. So we're going to start with number one. You must listen to become wise. Proverbs is very clear. It talks about listening. Let me read to you several different verses. And this is not all of them. This is just a select few. Proverbs 1, 24 through 27. Because I have called and you have refused to listen. So we don't listen to God. We don't listen to wisdom. We have refused to listen. What happens? I've stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. So this first caution to us is a significant caution. If you're in the room and you think, I know it all, I've got it covered. I'm not gonna listen to anybody. God, I don't need to listen to you. You're in a rebellious state against God, against what God wants. God's word's clear here. In Proverbs, that if we're saying that, if we're not listening to what God's saying, if we're not heeding his counsel, if we're ignoring it, that calamity will come upon us. And Proverbs here through wisdom is saying that, that God's gonna mock or laugh at our calamity. Now, we understand what's being communicated here. This is not good for us if we don't listen to others. So right off the bat, we understand the importance of, I better listen. If I don't listen, bad things are gonna happen and by the way, this doesn't stop at age 22 or 26 or 44 or 60. Our whole life, we are called to listen to the counsel and to the input and to the advice of others. Proverbs 133 says, but whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Proverbs 1215 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes but a wise man listens to advice. Now that's an important one. If you think I've got this covered, I don't need God's word, I'm gonna live my life the way I wanna live my life, I've got this thing all figured out, I know what's best for me, I'm gonna be the captain of my own ship, the master of my own domain. If that's your perspective in life, then this verse says that the way of a fool, someone who doesn't listen, someone who pushes God away, is right in his own eyes. You can justify 
really, really bad actions. You can make them seem right in your own mind. You can live them out and you can think, I'm doing what I need to do because we are fallen individuals with fallen logic, with a fallen mind, with a fallen nature that causes us to flee automatically to that way of folly and not to the way of wisdom. But it says a wise man, a wise person listens to advice. A wise son hears his father's instruction. And all the dads in the room said, amen. Amen. But a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Do we like rebuke? No, we don't like it. I, I suspect there's not anybody in here that really likes to be rebuked. But we should listen And we should pray through, is this wise counsel? Is this not wise counsel? We should filter it with God's word. When somebody loves you enough to challenge you, to say to you, you're not doing something right, we should appreciate the fact that that person cared enough about me to take the time to try to speak into my life, especially if they're doing so with love, with good motives, if they're not having selfish motives in the way they're doing it, but we we still have to choose to listen or to ignore. Proverbs 13.10. By insolence comes nothing but strife. But with those who take advice is wisdom. You won't listen to anybody. You don't want to hear what anybody has to say. Nobody can speak into your life because you've got it all figured out. You have it sorted out. I've got it all covered. And by that insolence that's in your life, you realize that in my life, things are going wrong on the right hand and on the left hand. Everywhere I go, something's not going right. But you won't listen to anybody. Proverbs speaks to that this morning. And maybe you're not there now. Maybe you've been there in the past and you recognize and see, oh, that's what was going on. But even for the future, file this away because you think, oh, after you graduate, I've graduated from Cedarville. I've got a job. I'm doing things great. I've got this figured out. And, And the truth of the matter is we don't ever have this life completely figured out that our sin nature causes us to grow prideful and arrogant in so many different ways. The idol factory of our heart never stops producing new idols. So we constantly need God's word in our lives so that we will not be conformed to this world, but we will be transformed by that constant renewing of our mind. We always need voices of the church and and of those who who love God interpreting the, the scriptures and preaching the scriptures and exhorting us and applying them to us to challenge us in our own ways. Listen to what God's word says. Proverbs 15, 31 through 33. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself. But he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom and humility comes before honor. How many times just this semester reading through Proverbs have we come across the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord? to teach us that that humility that we should possess as humans as we are in awe of our creator and the glorious nature of God himself, that we come in humility and say, God, I don't have this figured out. God, I know I'm fallen. I know I'm sinful. I know I mess up. I know I repeatedly mess up. And God, I need your wisdom in my life. I need your grace in my life so that I can live a life that is pleasing and acceptable to you. So that I can live a life that glorifies the gospel and glorifies Jesus. Do you ignore instruction? What about in your classes? Do you go to class and do you think, I already got this covered, I already know all this. I, I, don't, I don't need to be here. 
Or do you go to class and think the teacher has prepared and has something good for me today? And so I need to make sure that I'm taking notes and attentive and listening. I need to make sure that I'm making eye contact and I'm locked in and I'm here and I'm present and I'm doing the things I need to do so that I can learn what it is that this teacher who is chosen as his or her profession to pour into the lives of others thinks is important enough to spend a lecture teaching us this. How do you look at those things? Proverbs 18, 13. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. There's some good practical advice for us. I've got a question. I already know the answer. Let me, let me tell you the answer. But you don't know the question. Yeah, but I already know what you need to know. Let me tell you what you need to know. He who gives an answer before he hears, before he listens, what's your question? Why is that your question? What's happening? Oh, oh, here's the answer. I didn't understand that that was your question. Before you hear it, if you give the answer, it is his folly and shame. And we all do this from time to time. There are times in our lives that we all jump to, I know what you're going to ask, and here's the answer, before we ever hear what are the real presuppositions behind the differences or what are the real misunderstandings. It's good advice for us here in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20 says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Over and over and over and over, we hear the words, listen, 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 listen. So what is the word listen? Listen. The word listen is related to the word hear. And the word listen, as we see it here in the book of Proverbs and all throughout and even more places in the book of Proverbs, is Shema. Now, Dan Estes has written on this subject, and he says this word Shema, the definition of it, is the central feature of this word group is the unquestioning obedience to authority that it enjoins. The learner is exhorted to hear and heed the words of instruction. The central feature of this word group is the unquestioning obedience to authority that it enjoins. The learner is exhorted to hear and heed the words of instruction. You have to listen in order to be wise. So Proverbs is clear. If you value wisdom, you will listen. So if you're not a good listener, what does that mean? You can draw the conclusion for yourself. If we don't listen... What might that indicate about ourselves? It might indicate that we have a fear. You know, often there's a fear of what you don't know. There's a fear of what may be out there. There's often even a fear that says, I don't value wisdom because I like my comfort zone. I don't want to step outside my comfort zone. I don't want to be stretched too far because if I'm stretched too far, that's scary. It's unknown. It's, God might ask me to do something that I don't want to do. And, and if God asks me to do that and I'm not comfortable with it, I'm afraid. I don't like being afraid. I'm afraid I might fail if I step out on the ledge and pursue God's dreams or God's plans for my life. And there's this fear there that if I fail, then, then maybe my identity becomes failure. And that's just a lie of the devil because our identity is in Christ. We have already been declared not guilty. We have already been declared righteous in Christ Jesus. You have no reason to fear failure in this life. God has plans and purposes for you in this life. He's going to use you to do amazing things in this life if you pursue him and follow him. And it doesn't matter what happens. God's going to get glory out of what you do in this life. You think about Noah. 
The New Testament says Noah was a preacher of righteousness. How successful was he as a preacher of righteousness? Nobody believed, did they? His family. And yet the New Testament talks about his success. Maybe you're stubborn. I get that. I'm pretty stubborn myself. We don't want to change. Because what we're doing is right. And we're convinced of it. Maybe we prefer our ignorance. I don't want to know if your way's better. I don't want to know if I'm doing something wrong. Because I like it just the way it is. Maybe we don't like to be challenged. Maybe this is saying other things about us. But if we don't like to listen, we should evaluate what that means about us, about the struggles that we have, about our temptations. Do you value wisdom? Not just knowledge, although knowledge is important, but genuine wisdom. How to live life in the fear of the Lord so that you may successfully live in his universe. So what are some practical steps to be a better listener? Here are a few that I just threw together. Make eye contact. Have you ever talked to somebody that doesn't look at you, they look past you? Have you ever had that conversation with somebody that you're talking to them and the whole time you're talking to them, they're looking over your shoulder at who else they can go talk to? Doesn't that make you feel really valuable when somebody's always looking for somebody better to go talk to? And then when they find that better person, they always say, oh, it was really nice to talk to you. You might be in the middle of a really good story, but it doesn't matter to them because they're looking for who else they can go talk to. And the indication we get when we don't make the eye contact, when people are looking past us and they're not paying any attention is they really don't care what we have to say. We're not being a good listener to other people when we don't make eye contact. Be present. How many times are you talking to somebody and then all of a sudden you see them start typing on their phone? What are you doing? Oh, I'm just texting. It's just a quick text. Life-threatening? Anything we need to stop and pray about? Oh, no, it's just, it's just about what I'm going to eat Chuck's tonight. Oh, all right, I'll talk to you later. Do you care about what others are saying? Or is it more important what the latest tweet or Instagram like or Facebook post is all about? Be present. Put down your phone. Your posture can even indicate whether you're truly listening or have turned someone off. If you want somebody to know you're listening to them, sometimes if you're, if you're at a table even, you scoot your chair back, you'll turn your table slightly so that your body's facing them so that they know you've got my full attention. I am listening to what you are saying at this current moment. Be present. Ask questions more than you provide answers. Asking questions means I've heard what you said and I want to know a little more about this or I want you to explain that better or I want to be engaged in this. Not that you want to just jump in and start talking. And that leads to the next one. Don't interrupt don't constantly cut people off or interrupt others in your speech. If you don't know if you do this, ask your friends because they know. Am I right? How many of you have a friend that cuts you off and interrupts you in conversation all the time? Raise your hand. Oh, come on. You guys are sitting by your friends and you don't want to raise your hand. That's why you're not doing it. Okay, we'll, we'll go this way with it then. Ask your friend later in private. Do I cut you off or interrupt you? If you do, it sends this signal. What I have to say is more important than what you have to say. Even if you're both talking and I interrupt you because I'm going to say it better than you're going to say it. What does that indicate to us? I'm better than you. I'm smarter than you. I'm more prideful than you. What does Proverbs say about pride? Think about the indication here of listening versus speaking. Think about what this is saying about all of our hearts because we all do it. 
So let me say this to you on interrupting. If you do this, it's rude. Stop, please. Now, okay, stop, don't do it. For the sake of the children and the world. A puppy dies every time you interrupt somebody. I'm just saying, don't, don't do it anymore. If you start to interrupt somebody, just think about the cute little puppy and just... I got it, all right? Listen. I'm just kidding, but just barely kidding. Just a little bit kidding. Ask for input from others. Do you ever ask somebody else, hey, I got this decision to make. I need to know if this is a good decision or a bad decision. Will you let me tell you about it and give me some feedback? Do you ever ask for input from others or do you just assume I got this covered? Do you walk away or get angry when people speak into your life? Hey, listen, dude, I just want you to know you interrupted me and a puppy died. <laughs> I'm done with you, man. I'm not talking to you for at least like two days because, you know, we're living in the same room and that would be awkward, but I'm done. I mean, think about how we respond sometimes, even when we don't think about it. We do this and sometimes our initial response when somebody starts telling us something that we don't like the tone of or the way they started is this. What does that indicate to you? I'm not happy because my brow is furrowed. Or what if they start and our first indication is, you don't have to be an expert at reading body language. By the way, if you don't know the body language, then we need to work on that. But if, you don't have to be an expert to know that, you know, when you start leaning in with the head down and the arms crossed or, or you know, if somebody starts popping their knuckles, that's not a good sign, all right? Okay. The willingness to listen indicates several possible good characteristics. So if we don't listen, there's some bad things. If we do listen, what does it tell us about ourselves? There's a humility there. I need to hear what somebody else has to say. There's patience to listen completely to what's said. If you're an impatient person, you might have a problem listening well. There's a love of others. I value what this person has to say. I will hear them out. I may not agree with them. I don't have to agree with them. I don't have to do what they say. It may be bad advice. But if I love them, I want to hear them up. There's wisdom in listening, according to Proverbs. A lack of willingness to listen then indicates fear, pride, impatience, self-sufficiency, arrogance, apathy, a foolish spirit that does not value correction and the way of folly. More importantly, let's listen up. So we want to listen to others because God has placed us in community. But more importantly, we want to listen up. Matthew 13, 16 indicates that God does not always open the eyes of people to see and understand. Luke 24, 45, on the road to Emmaus, it says that Jesus opened their eyes so that they would understand the scriptures. Job 33, 16 says that God opens the ears of man so that they can hear. Psalm 146, 8 says God opens the eyes of the blind. Isaiah 35, 5 says the eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Acts 26, 18 says that Paul was sent to open their eyes so that they could turn from the darkness to the light. That means we have a stewardship because God has opened our eyes to be followers of Christ, to understand the gospel and to understand what the word of God says because the Holy Spirit that inspired the text of scripture lives within us if we are followers of Christ. And we can pray that the Holy Spirit will help us to understand, to get something out of the scriptures, to be able to understand them and apply them to our lives. God is not silent. He has spoken. He has graciously opened our eyes. He has opened our ears. There is a stewardship then to listen up, to listen to what he is saying to us. So do you make time for God? 
Do you make time to listen to God, not just to tell God your wish list? Do you sit without music, without TV, without friends, and meditate on Scripture? Pray. Allow God to speak to you. Not audibly, not in text message or writing in the clouds, but to allow God to speak to you in ways that are sometimes often louder than words as he talks to you about things that you need to repent of, things that you need to do. Are you eager to hear from God? Or is it the last thing you do because you think it's a box that has to be checked? So some practical steps for listening up. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. God has inspired it. He has given it to us. It is our responsibility every single day. Read your Bible. I interview faculty members. You can ask them. I ask them, how often do you read your Bible? The standard for faculty members at a minimum is that they have to respond, I have a quiet time at least 90% of the time. Anything less than that, we've got a problem because they can't stand in a classroom and tell you to read your Bible if they're not reading their Bible. Read your Bible. Examine the text. Read it observantly. Reread it. Identify who is the writer. What's the literary form? What's the context? What's the occasion for writing this? Who is this being written to? What are the significant words here? Words like listen that I need to understand and define. What are the parallel passages? What are the themes? What are the repeated words or phrases? I apply those great questions that are our friends, who, what, why, when, where, and how, to understand the text as I read it observantly. I identify the main clause of the text. What is it about? It's about what the subject and verb talks about. It tells me the main clause, and there may be some application there and some prepositional phrases, or there may be some, some application and some infinitives, and there may be some clarification and some clauses. But the main text tells me what I need to know, what I need to do. Identify that. What is it? Read with intention. Don't just read it to check a box. That doesn't help us. Don't just read it so you can say that you've read it. So that means sometimes we read. If you haven't read the whole Bible, read the whole Bible. Sometimes we read entire letters because there weren't chapter and verse divisions when it was originally written. We read the entire letter to get the big context. Sometimes we don't read large chunks because we're not gonna focus in a large chunk. Sometimes we read a verse or two and we think, I need to figure out what this is. I need to dive deep into this verse or two. And if, if you need to dive deep into a verse or two because God's speaking to you through it, don't be so rigidly attached to a program that you have to read 18 chapters instead of the verses or the two verses or the 10 verses that God's speaking to you through. Read the text for life change. Write down immediate thoughts or questions that come to mind. I'm going to read this chapter. Oh, but on verse two, I've got this question. I'm going to write that down. I'll come back to that. I want to get the context before I start drilling deep into that. Journal. There, in fact, are whole sets of journals where you can copy the text based out of Deuteronomy 17, 18, where the king copied the text. Answer questions about it. Use a Bible, study Bible. Or read, you should use a Bible to read the Bible, that's obvious. But use a study Bible or read a commentary. All right, I've got to get to the second. The second point, and perhaps the most difficult part, is you must listen to the right sources. Listen to the right sources. Here's some verses for you. Where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. I've got one friend. No, 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 no. In an abundance of counselors, the right sources 
are many sources. The thoughts of the righteous are just. The counsels of the wicked are deceitful. What is that phrase that keeps running around in my head? Where did it come from? Who stated it? Righteous or wicked? Without counsel, plans fails, but with many advisors, they succeed. An evildoer listens to wicked lips, and a liar gives ear to mischievous tongue. Who are you listening to? Plans are established by counsel, by wise guidance, wage war. Choose wise people to listen to. Filter it all through the word of God. And here again, every father in the audience says amen as Proverbs 23, 22 says, listen to your father who gave you life and all the mothers say amen when it says, do not despise your mother when she is old. Proverbs 24, 5 and 6. A wise man is full of strength and a man of knowledge enhances his might for by wise guidance you can wage war and in an abundance of counselors there's victory. Proverbs 27, 9, oil and perfume make the heart glad and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Are you a friend to somebody? Give them good counsel. Tell them the truth. Don't be selfish. Don't please people. Shoot them straight. Be honest with them. Tell them to be honest with you. Develop good friends that will speak into your life. Choosing the right sources versus the wrong sources may be the most difficult decision we make in life. Commercials and advertisements tell us things that we can't live without. Music, television, shows, books, movies, all forms of media. We must have discerning minds. We must use proper filters. We must look at the worldview that comes across when these things are being communicated. And we must say, no, I will not listen to that message. Even if I like the beat, I'm not gonna ingest what that is saying to me. I'm not gonna adopt that as a life philosophy because that is wrong and it is not good and I don't need to do that. We watch a show and we say, no, I'm not gonna adopt that life philosophy. I see it. I see what you're doing. I see what you're trying to feed me worldview-wise in this movie. And I'm not gonna adapt that. I may still enjoy the movie. I may laugh at your jokes, but because I have the filter of the sufficiency of God's word, I'm rejecting the things that I don't need to, to, to take in. I'm eating the watermelon, but I'm spitting out the seeds. Secular friends. Oh, but my buddy told me I needed to do this. Is your buddy saved? No, my buddy's not saved. So you're going to listen to somebody that doesn't understand the worldview that we live by because of what God's word says over what God's word might be telling you to do. Solomon knows this well. He had a son. His son was named Rehoboam. Rehoboam took over the throne. Rehoboam wanted to rule. The people told him, you know, we're kind of tired. It's been hard. Your dad has forced us to build all sorts of stuff. Would you lighten the load on us? And Rehoboam had a decision to be made. Who do I listen to? What did Rehoboam's counselors tell him? The old men in 1 Kings 12, 7 said, if you will be a servant, to this people today and serve them and speak good words to them when you answer them. They will be your servants forever. Serve them. Seems like good biblical advice. Rehoboam called in the young men. What will the young men counsel me? The young men in 1 Kings 2, 10 and 11 said to them, thus you shall say, my little finger is thicker than my father's thigh. Drop the microphone. <laughs> and now, whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I'm gonna add to it because I'm bigger and badder than my dad. My father disciplined you with whips, but I've got scorpions. Who did Rehoboam listen to? The wrong advice. Pride, not service. And what happened? Second Chronicles 12.1 says, 
He abandoned the law of the Lord and all Israel with him. And the Lord sent Shishak, king of Egypt, against Jerusalem with 1,200 chariots and 60,000 horsemen. That's some pretty big calamity. Second Chronicles 12.5, thus says the Lord, you abandoned me, so I have abandoned you. Then in verse 6, the princes and the king humbled themselves and said, Lord, please spare our lives. But in Second Chronicles 12.14, it says, and he did evil, for he didn't set his heart to seek the Lord. So set your heart to seek the Lord. Listen to wise counsel. Here's some application. What counsel should you have? God's word. God has opened our eyes. He's given us his word. We should listen to it. It's an opportunity and a privilege to be able to listen to his word. It's an opportunity and a privilege to live in community like we have the potential to do here at Cedarville. And so listen to his word. The ESV audio Bible is on my phone. I can listen to it while I'm running. I can listen to books of the Bible in the car. I have Logos Bible software that I use. Get things in your life that help you listen to God's word, whether it's apps or whether it's other things. Listen to the word, read the word, ingest the word, meditate on the word, memorize the word. History or books. Oh, what great advice and counselors we have when we read C.S. Lewis and G.K. Chesterton and Francis Schaeffer and John Stott and J.I. Packer and Carl F.H. Henry, just to name a few. We listen to sermons. We listen to, to pastors. We read blogs. Who do we look to? Oh, we love to look to Answers in Genesis or R. Albert Moeller's The Briefing or The Gospel Coalition or The Council for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, the sermons of John MacArthur, Alistair Begg, Tim Keller, Russ Moore, and many others. We listen to our parents. I'm struck by what Mark Twain said. When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. <laughs> One of the graces in my life is that my dad sends me an email every Monday morning with what he wants to share. Spouse, if God allows you to marry, you need to make sure you marry somebody that loves you and wants what's best for you and will tell you the truth. Older mentors, I thank God that I have older mentors in my life, a seminary president, a pastor, an owner of a business, a dear friend here at Cedarville. I consider them mentors. I have told them all, give me input, shoot straight, tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. Build your team of influencers. Whatever your last name is, you have team that. So I have team white. And I want to build a team that will come around and speak into my life and help me because I need all the help I can possibly get. And you do too. Friends. Friends for life. Good friends are hard to find. Find them here. Stay with them forever. Thanksgiving's coming up. The majority of you are going home to great parents who love you and who honestly know your faults better than you know your faults. They know your weaknesses better than you know your weaknesses. And they know your strengths better than you know your strengths. So when you go home and they give you advice over Thanksgiving break, don't get frustrated with them. Don't get mad at them. Look at them and say these words. Thank you for caring enough to speak into my life, for caring enough to want me to do well. Listen up. In your classes, listen. In your spiritual life, listen. In your practical life, listen. If you don't know how to sew a button on, change oil in your car, change a battery, cook a meal, balance your checking account, properly dust a room, clean a toilet, mow the grass, chop wood, create a budget, or other life skills, find somebody that does and listen. You'll be surprised what you might learn in the process. But most importantly, 
Listen up. And make sure you're listening to the right voices. Dear God, help us when we are prone to leave you and prone to wonder. By your grace, bring us back. By your grace, put good voices in our life. And Lord, by your grace, help us to listen to them. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you would have for us. And give us the faith to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. And you are dismissed.